What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Oh my God! Okay, it's happening! Everybody stay calm! What's the procedure, everyone? What's the procedure? Stay calm! Wait, 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 wait! Everybody, calm down! No, no! Triple A Credits are right Hang up the phone and let your heart break on the inner lane. 24 twice. She's on the phone, but she's staying on. We'll shop Boulevard. Old dreams dying hard. We want you to return this love. Hello, Minnesota sports fam. Thank you for listening. No shirts, just skins. A Minnesota sports fan podcast. Brandon, we're back. Oh God, it feels good. It feels real good. How long has it been now? I can't even remember the last podcast. To be honest, with you. like it's it we were talking months ago. Yeah, I mean, I think we were still talking like like the Twins were relevant. Like yeah. baseball mattered. <laughs> it was one of those things. Like oh, baseball matters. Like yeah, we were filling in the gaps of the uh, the dead time of season and everything. But I do recall we uh, we had a, our longest segment. I think was fantasy football related. And that was before anything you yep. even. Dealt. God, I don't even know. That was uh, yeah, a long, long time ago. It, it, it was it was a long time ago. Uh, we had a little sabbatical, but we're back now and we're better than ever because. We just will be. Well, you know, question. Yeah, I mean, self improvement this entire time. We didn't just sit back and you know lollygag and no. go party and go do all kinds. Of, well, maybe I did, but you didn't so right, much. Right. We you been... became a better person. You became a father. Well, I guess right, it was right. a father of your second. I guess yeah, you did have yeah. uh, Ollie at that point in time. Yeah. But um, but yeah, you've uh, you've practiced or you've perfected the craft of that as well. Yeah. Well, I've become a better father since then. Exactly. I like to think. Um, and a better podcaster, hopefully. Absolutely. I like to think so. The only <laughs> problem is I can't say that uh, I, I practiced a whole lot of podcasting skills <laughs> during that sabbatical, but... That's all right. I learned a lot of things. Yeah, and you, you'll get it back quick. It's like riding a bike. I hope so. I haven't, I haven't done that in a long time either, so I, I don't even I won't even ride the cardio bikes downstairs in the gym. <laughs> well, we know how you feel about cardio. Yeah, that shit's evil. <laughs> all right, so uh, there's a lot going on Minnesota sports. Um, we're coming back into the... Uh, the good season, so to speak. We got Vikings football upon us. Um, we just had week two of the Vikings preseason, and uh, we're s- just steaming towards Friday. And when we get to uh, face off against the Seahawks and we get to see the uh, starters play for three quarters, and we started the podcast with everybody, the everybody panic scene from the office because after um, the struggles on offense uh, during the last preseason game everybody in uh minnesota vikings nation is in panic mode well the sky is absolutely falling at this point week one meant everything week two we're, destroyed everything we were 16 and 0 last week and now we might not we, make the playoffs. we don't even have a chance of the playoffs at this point yeah it's funny how that works yeah it? no i haven't i've seen a little bit of uproar it hasn't been too bad but we we really did not look that good I mean, yeah, we could we won the game maybe but at the same time we're trying to win the game by scoring a total of 10 points right um. Yeah. Offense didn't look good, but at the same time, look at it. Like 
our offensive line, I think we had what one guy actually starting one of our actual legitimate starters starting in, in his position or at his correct position. So, I mean, we had four guys or, I mean, everybody's being shuffled around. It's just, there's no continuity there yet. And again, you're still trying different things. You're trying different schemes. I mean, there's still a lot to work out. You get a brand new quarterback, get a brand new offensive coordinator. You got a, you know, a different system in place. So I'm not too worried. Again, everything that we've done, you and I have talked about this off air a shit ton, but it comes down to the fact that we have everybody returning that we had last year of importance. And then in other positions, we got better. We got a lot better. Exactly. And, um, you know, I wrote about that earlier this weekend, just that we need to stop looking at all of the things that we can't control. Um, everybody. And yeah, this, but it's Minnesota and it's the Vikings. So you're always waiting because it's, it's too good to be true right now. We've got a beautiful you know, facility. We've got a brand new stadium. We've got everything in place. We're signing all of our studs to these extensions. It's like we're just waiting for that other shoe to drop. Like, all right, what's the catch here? Things are good. Like, it's bright and sunny skies with no winter ahead right now. Like, what's what's the catch and and this last preseason game gave everybody thinking that way that one thing to grasp onto to say see i told you they they're gonna they're gonna need time they're gonna need time on offense their strength of schedule is really good you've got all of the excuses out there but again those are all mythical unicorn type things that don't we don't even know exist for example for example the strength of schedule um Atlanta was the only team, and we talked about this obviously, but in the NFC, the only team to make the playoffs in 2016-17 and 2017-18 was Atlanta. And that just goes to show that right now we're basing our strength of schedule off of last year. Well, if we're going into last year and we're basing our strength of schedule, we would be saying it was really difficult if we were facing all the playoff teams from the year before, but then only one of those playoff teams made it. So then you would say, oh, well, whoever had that schedule against all of those playoff teams the year before, their strength of schedule ended up not being that good by the end of the year, and that happens every single year. In the, the NFL is just it's such it's such a crazy league, and that's what makes makes it so exciting. But there's just there's so much turnover from you know from each and every year, and all it takes is one big injury. All we need is you know possibly an Anthony Barr to fall on Aaron right. Rodgers again and break a collarbone and exactly. get that bum off this planet. Right, and then year, Green but. Bay is the worst team in the NFL again. Yep, and, and all of a sudden our strength of schedule, that's two easy games. That's two gimmies. Yep. And well, then, they're already two gimmies anyway. Well, and then you can go and look at um, – you go and look at the Rams are a great example. Everybody expects them to be really, really good this year, but they have like 17 felons on their team that are brand new. <laughs> they brought in all these all-pro guys, and every single one of them have serious, yes. serious like, con- like character concerns. Like so, Every one of them have such a – just a backlog of – yeah, I don't know. That's so they're be stacked. Interesting. They're they're stacked. Their their lineup looks stacked. Their defense looks stacked. But if things start to go wrong and Indomic and Sue starts kicking people and stepping on people and getting suspended and Marcus Peters starts yelling at everybody, Akeem Talib or whatever. Yeah, it he starts stealing people's chains again. <laughs> <laughs> you just you don't you don't know what's going to happen. And then you can look at the other side of the coin. San Diego was not very good last year. San Diego's they, gonna be good, dude. This th- year. They are gonna They're be gonna really be good this year. Good. So, so that's that's one of that's one of those. If teams. they can stay healthy, the problem is San Diego is no. Wait, wait, wait. The L.A. Chargers, oh, yeah. come LA on. Chargers. Sorry, sorry. I apologize to all the listeners. There, we're just uh, you're behind. Don't. 
I'll never get over that. Like I just, it's it's so hard to like change. It's and, like, just so classic L.A. Like yeah. we don't have two, we don't have any football teams for how many so, years now? Now we have two, and we still don't care about them. No, we don't care. We don't at give all. a flying fuck if about them. If they're good, we might go to their new stadium that'll take over the Viking Stadium for yeah, the best no in the NFL. That thing's gonna be ridiculous. Oh my gosh, it's gonna be insane. Yeah, that thing's gonna be insane. But <clears throat> that's my point: is that the teams that are in the back end this year that are supposed to be playing easier teams are going to play teams like San Diego who aren't going to be easier this year you yep. know it's or f- another great example going to play the team like the Packers because they were terrible last year and now they have Rodgers back um and obviously that helps the Packers you know we're talking about battling for playoff spots and stuff but again the only thing that you can look at that you can take full grasp of is so what you're saying you're a huge fan of strength of schedule because you think it matters a lot. Yeah, that's <laughs> is that, that where you go to this? You, yeah, yeah that's the, <laughs> I'm glad you were listening. <laughs> I'm glad you're listening. But the only thing that you can take from it is, how are we a better team this year than we are last year? And if you look at it, you, we have all of the offensive line problems, but we had all of those problems last year. Yeah, I mean, none of that, that hasn't changed. No, none of that has really changed. What's so. changed is a better quarterback, a Delvin Cook back at running back, yep. Sheldon Richardson, Sheldon that Richardson defensive line, like wow. Interior defensive line. Um, are you could argue our special teams, even though they've given up those two big. We're going to depth at corner as well, like now too. I mean, yes, corners. Alexander is said to have taken a step forward. Like he was like, they can't get off his jock anymore. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I've never heard Zimmer give anybody a compliment every time you speak to him. Without, I mean, I feel like he's walking up to the reporters like, hey. Hey, let's have a quick chat. Mike Hughes looks amazing. Oh, I know. Today. I know. Like, and he's going out of his way to call him out each and every day, and I haven't really heard a negative thing yet. The, and the Mike Hughes, the the Mike Hughes thing is really interesting because it probably won't go this way because of all the positive feedback that's coming out from him and him and camp. But he could be anything from the nickel starter plus returning kicks. Uh, both punts and kickoffs, so he could be involved in a huge part yep. in multiple game plans. But if he doesn't take that nickel spot from Alexander, then he's on the bench. Obviously, he'd be our dime, but he's on the bench for most plays on defense. And if Marcus Sherrills keeps his spot, then Hughes could go from being a guy that we really are relying on this year to being a guy who we're just... Basically taking a red shirt season almost. Just like McKenzie has for two years now, I believe. But... um, that 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 to me is intriguing because no matter how much we talk him up, if he doesn't win both of those spots, then we won't hear from him once the season starts. And that just goes back to all of the things that happen in preseason that end up not mattering come regular season. True, but it also would be an indication of where our team's at because right. a guy that's a first round talent that was actually a higher talent than where he's drafted, oh, there's sure. you know character concerns and yep. everything there, but that just shows that either Sheryls is still balling out, which he does, obviously, and that just means that Trey Waynes and Alexander are still looking phenomenal, meaning right. that we don't need to push this rookie again. We've got people in place that are, are better players right now. And our last two drafts, just quickly, this isn't something we plan on talking about, but what does Spielman know that other GMs don't in these last two drafts? You can look at Delvin Cook last year and how late we got him. Yeah, but everybody knew his talent. It was, again, he – well, and we actually talked about this the other day. Like, again, he was he was thought to be almost the same as Joe Mixon where he was just a bad, yes. bad, bad, bad dude. And, like, you couldn't trust him and he's not going to be around. And he was, he was, a, he was a Mixon he, on steroids. Yeah, you don't even hear about him anymore. He's just a good dude that works hard. Can't wait to have him back. Fan favorite high fives. Everyone's happy. The only time that you can tell that Dalvin Cook came from – 
a background that you wouldn't necessarily want to draft a guy from is when he speaks. Yeah, because he he's he he he's got he's got the. He's just—he's got that Florida twang kind of thing. Yes, and you can tell he's yeah. Yes, he's, and he's got the ebonics as people yeah, would, would call yeah. it, you know. And and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that's the only moment that you can even tell that because he, he's quiet, he never gets in trouble. He's not out in the media. I think he's a much better dude. I read a really really long article on him, and he's actually a much better dude when he gets credit for. It. He just he had some he had some bumps in the road at an early age and stuff like that, and you know coming like right out of high school, maybe early years of college, and he just. He was really loyal to like his childhood friends and his like yep. you know the people he grew up with. But at once everything kind of came about, even I think is something even like when he got drafted is like okay, well I understand I can't have these kind of people around anymore and stuff like that. And he's just smartened up, he's wisened up, he's he's matured like everyone else does. And he's matured at a you know a really quick level. Well, I think I even remember him talking pre-draft about how it was important that he got out of Florida, got out of Florida, and got to Minnesota exactly, yeah, he's like, yep, Minnesota leaving or all those, somewhere leaving other all of than that, Florida. Yeah, leaving all of that behind essentially. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Because he was cutting off a lot of loose ends because that yep. was the conversations he was having with GMs. Like that's part of this whole process. I'm leaving that friend group yep. that got me in trouble. I'm leaving. You got that nothing behind. to worry about. I'm leaving that behind. And I'm, I'm a new glad person. Spielman t- believed him and Zimmer no believed kidding. him. He's gonna have a monster year. Dude. Right. He's gonna have a monster year. And, and my, he's on my fantasy team so he better have a monster year and mike hughes is is even more of a of a pick of the litter because he was supposed to be an elite uh corner and he had the issues coming out of the draft that was part of the problem but the other problem was that he was playing at ucf which obviously and he only had, had one year season. college experience or you know d1 legitimate right. college experience right and it was at ucf yep. which some people might question how tape, legitimate that his is tape jumped out yeah and I mean, they said it right from the beginning of camp that you could just tell by his feet and his hands yep. that he was he was going to be good. Right? I mean, he's further ahead than Xavier Rhodes was, let alone um, let alone Trey Wayne. <laughs> I mean, he's yeah, he's he's light years ahead of where Wayne's is at, but he's far and away at this point. Like you didn't right. hear this praise from Rhodes coming out. No, his rookie no, no. He's wearing boxing gloves. Yeah, right now. exactly. He was too grabby and holding on to everyone. Yep. Yeah. No. It's um. So just, just just that in itself has you excited about Hughes, but it is something to keep in the back of your mind. I don't think it's going to happen, but there is a possible possibility that even with all the Hughes hype, um, that he could end up just being more of a special teams gunner and um, getting that in. That would the be dime a package. really really good problem to have. Yeah, obviously, if 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 he's playing that well and Mackenzie Alexander is playing well enough to beat him out, that's saying yeah. something because. Because, well, he can also play on the outside, so you right. see Xavier Rhodes gets banged up yep. almost every game. He never, le- you know, he leaves a game for right. a couple of plays, but never misses a game. But comes back. But say he's got an injury, or say Trey Wayne's has an injury. Like knowing that you have him, like at this point in time, everything I've heard, like I feel pretty comfortable with him. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's and we're not even mentioning Terrence Newman, who's still there to help out everything. I know he's he's like the coach on the field. I feel like he's going to play some safety and stuff this year too. Like, yeah. He's just going to be kind of the jack of all trades back there. But he like, would be playing a lot more safety if Sendejo wouldn't have come on. So yeah, DK has come on. So strong the last two years. Ever since he just started lighting people up, I think that's I think that's part of it. Even the people who watch the All Twenty Two and might watch some of the mistakes that he makes, the way he jumps off of the field on a regular basis because of the hits, which that's something we need to talk about too. Is the is the rule changes? How what a disaster! Dude. How what how, a disaster! That's right something now. to think about that I hadn't even thought of because that's such a big part of Sandejo's game. 
Do we see him get called for a couple early penalties and then really start talking about how he's regressing as a player this year just because we might not even say that at the time, but it might be partly because it's in the back of his head that he can't be laying guys out all the time. I don't think so. I think he's a pretty smart cerebral player, yeah. so I think he adjusts his game and everything there, and I really think that right now they're being overly aggressive oh, sure. during the preseason just calling anything that's within question and trying to set like a precedent, try to set an example of that so that once the regular season does come, you know, teams are a little bit more hesitant. And I mean, the rule change, if it by definition, it's a good change to have in that regard because you got to. There's a lot of hits, and even as I was watching the preseason, it's like there's a lot of unnecessary hits where the ball carrier is yes. coming down to the ground and they just come and, you know, just basically spear them with their head. So it's like, it's a good change there. But I think once the regular season kicks off, it'll kind of, it'll clean up a little bit. Right. They're not going to be, there's not going to be laundry on the field every single play. And, Again, I think Sandejo is a pretty cerebral player. I know that he, like, even as far as, like, locker room, he's supposed to be, like, a great, right. great leader. So I feel like he's he's a guy that can adjust his game. Um, it's interesting that, that you said that. Uh, just because I look at all of this from a guy who I, I have said before that my kids, my son, um, won't be playing football unless he were to come to me ninth uh, not all football tackle football unless he were to come to me in like ninth grade and talk to me about how much he wanted to play um obviously flag football and all of that which would get him to love the game because football is so much fun to play um but i'll mix him up in soccer and cross country and kind of let let him whoa whoa when it comes whoa to that. wait a minute well he's I just gonna, hold on I just he's got a european he's got he's got he's, he's got he's got to be active you know he's got to be doing something yeah but if you're gonna play some hobbies and stuff like let, let him play chess lacrosse. chess is a great no all right i'm, I'm okay with i i, I totally oh, no, we're back lacrosse. in sports now yeah <laughs> but you're talking hobbies there so i mean i'm thinking you know let him let him play the game of risk i feel like you know right. games like that you got some thinking <laughs> or like chess is fantastic i mean he can even participate in the spelling bee but right. why waste time playing european kickball well it's just you you know, keep him active, just like you play kickball in the backyard. And stuff. Yeah, but you already. Why have him run a marathon there when you already want him to run cross country? That's <laughs> well, all you do. You is would just, have to do one or the other. Uh, <laughs> I would never let my. Even if I get one of those spotted balls, like given to my son as a <laughs> gift, I would. I would literally boot it right out the door. Done. Not none of those spotted little like weird basketball looking things are allowed in my house. <laughs> Well, now everybody everybody knows how uh, Brandon feels about uh, about European kickball or what Very most people call soccer. Very passionately hate it. <laughs> but um, get, getting back to my point, when these changes were made, it is when I when I saw them, I was like, "That's a great rule." Because what do you teach when you teach tackling? You teach face mask. Yeah, up. keep your head. Yeah, exactly. Um, don't don't lower your head to make hits. Um, the only thing that Get I would your head to the side of the ball carrier, right? The only thing that I would say is they need if they're going to do that, they need to call it offensively and defensively. Because how often do you I see agree. Adrian Peterson or other running backs lower the crown Devontae of their helmet? Freeman from Atlanta, I feel like every yes. single rushing attempt he has should be a penalty. Yes. I feel like that's why the guy had two concussions last year. And he leads the league in concussions every year because. Right. He's just a battering ram that puts his head down, and it's got to get called both ways. Right, exactly. It, it needs because at the same time, it puts a defensive player in a bad position or a tough position. Because a lot of times, like, all right, what do you if they've already lowered their head and their helmets? Like, how do you hit them? What do you what are you supposed to do? Do you and why don't we use our technology a little bit better? Like, so we're talking about how quick these things happen, right? How fast yep. those hits happen, and how when you slow them down, it becomes a lot easier. And then they're saying you can't expect the refs to call those in in real time. We have enough time between plays for somebody to be watching every single game. And when one of those hits happens, they're in the NFL offices. They just hit the rewind button quick. 
and they yeah, watch you're it talk, in slow motion. You're talking about a multi-billion-dollar league that I can't even figure out what a fucking catch is. I know, but that's that. That's my <laughs> point. Like it would, it could happen within ten seconds where everybody's kind of waiting, and then the referee either blows a whistle and heads to the line, which means it's good, or he throws the flag within ten seconds because they're in his ear saying bad hit. It could be that fast. Agreed, but they they will even stop a game for ten minutes and try to figure out if a, a guy had a legit catch like to the ground right. and all that and like yeah, the, I know. there's been 10 years or a whole decade of like what is a catch what's not a catch right like, so yeah you, you think they're gonna get this rule right please i know i know it's just it's it's frustrating that that they allow those type of arguments to get in the way of a good rule change of what could be a good rule change you know it's just it just doesn't make any sense and then you get the the old school footballers who just hate every second yeah. of all of these changes, right? And it's like, for me, most of the time, it's you can usually tell if the face mask is up. Like that's yeah. one thing I you can feel tell. Like I, can I tell. mean, I feel like you can tell what a malicious hit is, or like a, a hit that's got the intent to injure right. someone like that, and you know whether or not it's just a football play being made, kind right. of thing. And that's the thing too. Like, and again, this is why I like having you here because. You played high-level high school football. You played even a little bit of college football. So you and you played corner. Yeah. So so you have been in the situation where you're going bang bang. And back in the day, you knew when you were going for that big hit to lay oh, somebody yeah. out over oh, the middle. Oh, no question and about it. And you easily could have decided, I'm going to stop, wrap up, and take him down yeah. at the waist probably instead of trying to the light The biggest up. time is when they're already wrapped up or they're already kind of in a position of vulnerability where they can't really make another football move. Right. And you know that you can just come in and just lay them out and put everything into it because they can't defend themselves. Right. And you can just, again, and that's where you lead with your helmet and you almost hit them in the helmet because you're just, you're trying to take that person out. And like, you know when you're doing it. Yes. You definitely, I mean, it's... It's controllable. There's other times where there's just it's a collision and it's just bang bang and it happens. But. Right, right. But those situations are almost going to happen more if 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 you're playing the rule like we talked about, where you're looking to wrap up instead of knock a guy out over the middle. If you're de- the only time that I would see if you're doing it like that, where there would be some big collisions, is if you decide that you're going for the ball. Yeah, and they decide they're going for the ball, and you're both coming in. Just, but then it wouldn't look malicious. You're both obviously going. Yeah, for the that's ball. what I said. There's going to be those bang bang right. plays, or just happen. It'd be like a center fielder and a left fielder colliding. Yep. Is what it would look like. Yeah, it's a know? rule change that's got to be made because otherwise, football is going to go down a real dark path here real soon. And before you know, it, there isn't even going to be a game of football because you know CTE and all that stuff is getting you know more prevalent and and whatever. But I mean, it's the thing is like players this day and age are that's they're just so much bigger, faster, stronger than they were before, and it's a different league than it has been in the past. But what I really hate is the new can't tackle them with your weight rule. Yeah, for we- me, that's that's got nothing to do with your head. And so for me, that's just a part of. It's sometimes you're going to need your weight to, yeah. to make tackles, and like the the worst call that we've seen of all season. Yeah, yeah the I mean one that was that happened just, yesterday. Some of those like you can't avoid that whatsoever. Like, what do you want that player to do? And I mean that's part of it. Like when you do tackle, I mean if you're not going after their head, like you're going to follow him. You want to follow right. him. You want to beat him up a yep. little bit. Like yep. you want him to. You know, it's not that you're not. You're not purposely trying to break someone's collar, but well, maybe we are. I you want we. you want them to think about it the next time they yeah, wait to the exactly. last second. I don't to want throw number fifty five to come hit me anymore. That shit right. hurts. Exactly, exactly. As long as as because at the end of the day, these these football players can say what they want about oh, knee injuries are bad too, and this is bad too. But those those injuries are going to happen in every sport that you play. Like bad things happen, bones are going to break. That's just the way the human body is. 
but the head is just a different animal, and nobody wants to be 50 years old and not be able and to be remember their vegetable, kids. Exactly. Yeah, and, and be yelling and angry because, I don't know, you spilt a, a little bit of your coffee in the morning, and so now you're going to throw the coffee pot you through the window. A four-year-old and, tantrum. Right. Like, nobody wants to deal with that when they get older. So yeah. let's let's just, you know, be a little bit smarter about it. So let's preserve the game. I, right. I, I love football. I don't. I mean, I only probably got a few more years left on this earth to live, but, I mean, if I do end up making it until I'm 50 or 60, and things have changed. I want the game of football to be around. And things have changed for you and me, too, because we've always been hardcore um, football and big hits and everything else. And when it, there used to be a big hit, a used to be high five. Oh, let's you love it, but now you actually kind of get cringe. scared. Yeah, you cringe. You get scared. Ooh, you're like, that ooh, one hurt. God, like, yeah. ooh, they're laying on the ground. Like, it used to be a thing in my house. Remember, put the chain around there, yeah, and drag yeah. them off the field. Let's get the football game going. But that's not what it is anymore. And I. I would be surprised if most people haven't gone from high-fiving hits to cringing when they have. Yeah, I don't think people like to see it anymore because you've kind of seen the effects and you've kind of seen some of these players come out later and you see like the junior sales and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, you know, commit suicide. And you had that Belcher from Kansas City that killed his family and stuff like that. Like there's just there's things going on now that we were never aware of before that maybe didn't happen or maybe they just covered up. But it's like. You've seen the tragic side of things now, and it's like you don't want to see it anymore, and, exactly. you, and you want to preserve the game. You want football to last. And the even the worst ones where they're carted off the field, and then we find out that they're paralyzed from exactly. the neck down for however yep. long. you know. And then you watch, like you can go on YouTube and watch little kids getting lit up in yeah. scary manner too, and that's what makes me go, you know what? Flag football will probably be okay until we get a little bit older and uh, you know get bodies. As long as you don't try more. to make your son play that stupid <laughs> fucking third world hobby that just, that the media just tries to force on us. Right, oh, it's right. just absolutely ridiculous. It's just while not covering like any NHL a game that's actually fun to watch. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, no, I was talking to a guy at work um, about about that about how the media, ESPN, the the bigger outlets push soccer, women's basketball, soccer, women's basketball, soccer, women's basketball. And here they have a game that if they would give it more love would give them the ratings that they're looking for within soccer and women's basketball. And they just refuse to give it. Well, anything. a lot of it's ESPN. I think ESPN oh, and yeah. the NHL, like couldn't come to some type of agreement. Like, a long time pump, ago. Yeah. They don't pump the same money yeah. into it or whatever. Well, so. they used to, yeah. Cause ESPN used to have the yeah. NHL like 10, 15 years ago and then they dropped them and yeah. NHL dropped off the map. Once that happened, nobody so, watches NBC sports. No. And hockey's just so fun to watch. Too. Oh, I know. I know. Especially once you start getting towards playoffs and oh, playoff really, hockey is a shit. And once you understand the game, like you and yeah. I didn't grow up watching hockey, but once you understand it, you really love it. Like I get offsides on soccer. I get all of that, and I still If you can't. bring that fucking sport up one more time, I'm going to smash you. Would you quit? <laughs> We're, We're talking. This is a sports fucking podcast. We're not talking checkers and... Yeah, I'm done with that. Come on now. This is a sports podcast. We were, was, you want to go play Monopoly? Go play I was, Monopoly. I, I, I thought it'd be okay if I put them in a if I put soccer in we're a bad We're talking light. sports here. You want to talk Barbies and shit too or what? God, come on now. Wow. You right. are rusty. <laughs> it hasn't been that long. We're not, this isn't variety hour. We're talking sports. Right. Good point. Good point. Um, let's go. Let's go back to football for a second. Um, 
I I uh, I did a graphic um, today that's getting a lot of love on Instagram, and it's a uh, it's a pretty uh, interesting one. Yep, you're talking about the digs, the digs one. Yeah. I uh, I did a graphic. I listed all of the players who got drafted before Stefan Diggs. Pull it up draft. once, yeah. Let's go through that. Let's uh, let's take a look at some of these guys because I can't, I don't remember that entire draft class as far as like wide receivers are concerned. I know Amari Cooper was there. But there was some bust in there. Yeah, Amari Cooper was the only one that had um, that had more yards and touchdowns. And Diggs than is a him. fifth round pick. Yep. You do know that, like coming out of high school, and we've probably talked about this. A yeah, he times. was like, he was like the, the number, number one, one overall wide receiver. Yeah. You want to stay home to, in Maryland, which again, you love that because that's the kind of character guy or high character guy that you want on this team. But exactly. stayed home to try to build up his home, you know, home state program and all that, and you know, had some injuries. And next thing you know, he's a fifth round draft pick. But yeah, let's see this. Let's well, go the, through it. The, the most interesting thing about this list is that these names aren't a bunch of guys that you don't know. Just a bunch of guys. They're, that... they're they're guys that have contributed in the league, but just nowhere near where Diggs did. For example, um, uh, Nelson Aguilar yep. has fourteen hundred yards and eleven touchdowns. In but he just he hasn't lived season. up to the expectations that everybody put on him. Right. Um, the only one outside of Amari Cooper that is get, even gets close to Diggs is Tyler Lockett. Was drafted in the third round, and he has eighteen hundred yards and nine touchdowns. Okay. And Diggs has twenty two hundred. Uh, yards and 12 touchdowns um some of the bigger busts that went ahead of him uh this guy named justin hardy i don't i don't, I don't remember anything about him where, he, where was he drafted uh, he was drafted the he was a 107th pick okay um i didn't even put what team drafted him or drafted these guys so i can't even tell you i'm a who huge drafted. draft guy usually i would remember these names i do not remember him at all yeah um and then uh the 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 worst ones would probably be the ones that went right before him yeah, but you're looking at fifth round picks. Nobody remembers fifth round picks. Or DeAndre Smelter, Rashad Green. Yeah, I remember the names actually but, a little bit. But, but it's just funny that like you have to think that Diggs was on those on those teams draft board who drafted those guys just ten or fifteen picks ahead of Diggs, and they decided that for whatever reason these guys had a better upside as a fifth yep. round pick than Diggs does, and that's why for me it would hurt just a little bit more if you were down near Diggs's pick and still didn't take. Oh him. yeah, you take some no name guy that never made your roster from day one, and then right. you got this guy that's on the verge of becoming like a Pro Bowl, All Pro kind of caliber player. Right, like if you took if you took Philip Dorsett in the first round. Round, you don't feel as screwed by Diggs blowing up being a fifth round pick. No, because Dorsett had a first round grade talent on exactly. him, and he had speed like crazy. He was Compared to now. picking Vince Mayle at yeah. one twenty three instead of Diggs at one forty six, was uh Richard Perryman, whatever the hell his name is yep, in this draft yep. class. He, he was uh, he was a twenty six pick. I was so gonna he say was he was a first round pick, and he's been the biggest bust I ever. Watched the other night, he had like a he had a, just an awful drop and. The biggest the biggest bust at wide receiver in this draft, he was taken early in the first round. I would be shocked if you can guess this guy's name. He was the number f- number five pick in the second round. Um, I have no idea. I don't want to waste Devin it. Smith. Oh, that's the guy that just got released recently from the Jets. 135 and one touchdown. From the Jets, right? Yeah. Yeah, he just got released like two weeks ago from the Jets. Yeah, he's been a bust. He had injuries like crazy. 135 and one touchdown picked. picked took second round second pick. Second round pick, yep. Especially as a Vikings, like where we're at now, like every one of our, especially like our first, gosh, our first one through four like round picks, like they all, they all. 
all like play significant roles. Like we don't really have early round busts anymore whatsoever. Like That's ever since Khalil, pretty much. Ever since Khalil. I mean, we're wondering usually if our fourth, fifth, sixth round guys. Are yeah, gonna, you're looking are at these guys, contribute. and all of a sudden, yeah, that's exactly it. You're looking at well, even like look at the look at the extension we just signed. Kendrick's a second round pick. Yeah, Bar's a third round pick. And no, Diggs, Bar's Bar was a first round pick. I mean, not Bar. I, we didn't sign him. I meant Hunter. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Hunter a, yep. was a third round pick, yep. and then Diggs is a fifth round pick. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of Bunter. Uh, bar bunch. I'm yeah, mixing every. It's, it's, it's almost late. nine o'clock on a yep. Sunday after a long, long weekend. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm half half sleeping already. But speaking of Bar, are we going to resign him? What's going to happen here? Or are we holding that money for Sheldon Richardson possibly? Yeah, that's um interesting. I know. See, I've I've thought about that recently because I mean, where Richardson plays, that's almost a more important piece of the defense as far as Zimmer's scheme is concerned. Well, and that's something that I was talking. You know. Most people don't dig in as much as we do, and they just want to go, well, the Vikings are signing everybody now. They'll just keep signing people. Mm-hmm. What people don't understand is that Trey Waynes and or Anthony Barr, we there's not enough room. There's not enough room. You, you can't have both of them. That's why That's why Hughes could be so important. Yes, and that's, and that's another thing. Bursich, I was listening to him on the PA show, and he was wrong in saying that he'd hadn't, he didn't think – um, that Hughes had taken any snaps at the nickel position. This was before this last game. Yeah. Um, and he was trying to make a point that they are grooming Hughes to take over for Waynes when they can no longer hold on to Waynes because he was saying he didn't think Hughes had taken any nickel snaps, which would yeah. say that it's going to Alexander. And then, um, obviously, we're not going to have the money. He's just looking at that and saying we're probably not going to have the money to sign Waynes. So he was saying that we're specifically grooming Hughes um, for that the uh, Wayne's spot when Wayne's leaves, but now Hughes has been taking nickel snaps, yeah. so he was he was off on that. But nonetheless, it's an the interesting theory. Still yeah. plays. It's uh, I've also heard of Wayne's being kind of a sneaky under the radar kind of candidate for a trade. Yeah, I mean, which would make sense. It's hard to it's because I don't think his value is as high as it could be right now compared to where it might be after this year. But at the same time, what kind of value could you get back from him? If you could get that offensive lineman that you need. Well, they picked up his option, right? Yeah, he, they picked up his option. So <clears throat> going into next year, he's $12 million on the books, which I don't even know if we have that. So it's quite possible that he's playing. He is showcasing what he can do and what we can get for him in a trade in the offseason. Because like you were just saying, trades, big blockbuster trades don't usually happen in football. But I'm saying for him to have trade value, we'd have to trade him like before this season starts where Hughes at all, you know, if they feel that good about Hughes, that's the stuff I've been reading. But the thing is, like, you look at it, and I think Wayne's going to take a huge, huge step forward this year. So I feel like we'd be trading him away for an average asset that might help where, obviously, it's, it's so tough. I mean, you got to shut down. I don't know if you want to call him a shutdown corner, but he's a legit one-two kind of corner guy. Well, but because we have him for that fifth-year option, you could play him this year and hope he blows up. And then go into the off season with a year left on his yeah. deal still, and you know obviously part of the talks would be that Wayne's is willing to sign an extension for somebody who's willing to offer it. We just can't offer it. We don't have the money, so you're getting Wayne's with one year left on his contract, but he's going to sign an extension yeah. if you offer him a fair one. So you, I I feel like like you were just saying. I don't know if you get what you want for him if you trade him now. Whereas if you wait for him to blow up and trade him with a year left, you might get something for him next year that you can really use. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Be real interesting. Plus, then you have the draft available too, and you can maybe even trade him for first round pick, second round pick. 
I mean, then we're Slick then we're Rick talking. just de- wheeling and dealing because again. you need to save the money, right? I know. So well, I mean, you have to. And and if I mean, there's no draft better than the NFL when it comes to getting your money's worth on picks if you can make the best pick. Possible. Oh, I mean, draft picks are worth gold in the yes. NFL I mean, and more than any other league. Yeah, because you get past number ten in the NBA and the draft pick is worthless. Yep, and that just doesn't happen and in the, the NFL. second round. There's you're just wasting everywhere. your time. Exactly. You you pull off a trade in the NFL for a fifth round pick, and that can end up being something huge. Look at Diggs. Yep. Um, and that just doesn't happen in other leagues. So, so yeah, that's that's uh, that was something fun to put together. You know, I kind of knew what I was walking into when I started looking at it, but it's one of those. But once you sit and you you look down and like you see the numbers, you see the draft slots, you see the names. That's when it really just probably rings home. You're like, Jesus, yes. look at the value we got on this guy, and look at how many other teams swung and missed. Exactly. So that was uh, that was pretty insane. Um, but uh, we are um, a Minnesota sports podcast in general. So we're going to do a quick rundown of uh, some other relevant topics outside of football. You're not going to fucking talk soccer again, are you? Not soccer. All right. I'll Um, walk right out. It's my house, and I'll walk right out of it. (laughs) So we're going to run down that list here quick, just some quick hitters, and then we're going to go to break, and then we're going to come back. We're going to talk some fantasy football um, to wrap it up for the last 20 minutes, half hour, and uh, we'll call it a podcast first one in uh, a while. All right, so um, let's see some quick hitters here. Should we get some music going for our quick hitters? Yeah, why not? Let's uh, let's get this exciting. Let's let's uh, pump it up. Yeah, let's uh, let's see. Let's maybe do... we can wake my ass up a little bit. Yeah, let's do this one. <laughs> this is the worst song I've ever <laughs> heard. Right, why right, would right, you right, even right, play that? All right, all right. Hold on, hold on. God, you got terrible <laughs> taste in so many things, and I'm not. Uh... Let's try this one. No, that one's bad too. Nah. Starting to rethink this music idea. Oh, this is my daughter's music. Jeez. <laughs> Let's just go with our music. Just play it in the background. We gotta, we gotta get up on our music bits a little bit. All right. So, let's see. First, um, the twins are done. Um, in case anybody was wondering. Um, however, they did call up uh, Steven Gonzalez, one of their, I would say, top five prospects right now. Um, he's a lefty pitcher. He's by far their best lefty starter um, in the organization. Um, easily, easily, you could argue, he's their best um, pitcher in the organization prospect-wise. Um, you still consider Romero a prospect, or are you kind of eliminate yeah, him from the nope, conversation? Nope, Romero's still a prospect. I would say until you're up, until you're officially with the club full time. Yeah, if you if, rank him ahead of Romero in this situation, that's what I'm saying. He's argue, but Romero's right-handed. Oh, I guess so. Oh, he's argue, left. you could argue whether or not he's the best prospect pitcher in the organization, but he's definitely the best. Oh, he's lefty. definitely the best lefty. Yeah, okay, but yeah, as far as pitching prospects, so, right up. we just got him and uh, we acquired him in a trade last year, right? Um, I think uh, I don't think so because I'm pretty sure he was in my he was in my uh, 2017 my my uh, prospect team for 2019 like that second article I ever wrote where I made the whole Twins lineup. I don't believe we drafted him. We might not have drafted him, but he's been in the he's been in the system for a while. Who was that pitcher that we got uh, from the Braves that we had like start one game and then we traded him away? Remember who I'm talking about? Nope. Come on now. I feel like he was a part of that trade. Like we just got him like within last year, maybe another, maybe two years ago. Nope, I think you're wrong on this one. I'm never wrong. I've never been wrong my entire life. Well, that's that's a good. Usually you are right on these things, but I would say on this one you're gonna end up wrong. Um, while you're looking that up, uh, 
while we were away, the Twins traded their entire team. Dozier, Presley, Hughes, Escobar, Duke, all gone. Uh, more prospects. Loser. Loser. <laughs> more you prospects. You suck. You suck. But in the in the MLB, for me, it's it's so much different. You're acquiring assets because in baseball, until they're in the MLB and they're producing, you never really know what they're going to be. Byron Buxton, perfect example of that. Guy who was Mike Trout Jr., never going to fail-proof um, prospect. He's number one prospect for years and years. Pretty much if he was in the minors, he was a number one prospect in the MLB, and he struggled. Mm-hmm. Whereas you have guys all the time that are drafted way late in drafts, like 10th round, 15th round all the time who are coming up at the age 23, 24, 25 who end up just being able to ball. Um, so when you're making trades, you you decide who the best prospect is for that price in their system, and you pluck them, and then you just pray. Yep. I mean, that's as we were talking about like, kind of the NFL draft, where it's like, it's such, it's so much more of an art to it, where right. baseball is just kind of a crapshoot. Like, yeah, you, there's just so many prospects, there's so many rounds. And, and a uh, lot of it has to do with development and how they're going to develop yep. once they get there. And yeah, as far as Gonzalez, we actually did draft him. So I oh, was uh, wrong for the up. first time in my entire life. Well, at least you uh, now can admit it. You'll either become a person well, who can a admit first... that you're wrong sometimes, or. Well, I'll probably you know, never just... be wrong again. I mean, there's a first time for everything. I mean. <laughs> You know, hell freezes over every now and then, but I, I doubt it'll ever happen again. <laughs> it does, hell doesn't freeze over twice. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, so twins are done, but uh, I get excited in bad seasons because I'm a baseball snob. I will watch every pitch Steven Gonzalez throws tomorrow. Yeah, I definitely want to see that. I was excited because he was actually – I got a chance to watch him once, and I lived in San Diego because uh, – my buddy for the gym that I worked at, they actually trained Ian Clarkin, who was a pitcher from San Diego, too. He was that first-round draft pick mm-hmm. by the Yankees. I got to know him pretty well there for a couple of years. So, um, yeah, the argument back then was, like, who's the better pitcher between Ian and Gonzalez? So Interesting. I was familiar with him way, way back when, which is why I'm surprised I didn't know that we actually drafted him. Yep. Um, so, uh, oh, yeah, and um, Cole Stewart. Yep. Another, he was he was like a, the number five overall yeah, pick. He was, a, yeah. he was a huge football player, full-ride scholarship offer, uh, committed to Texas A&M to play quarterback, um, but then um, but then backed out and uh, decided to go baseball. He When he came in, he was a hard throwing. They thought he was going to be throwing 100 miles an hour, and he's had to adjust. Now he's got this um, one-seam fastball that plays like a sinker. Oh really? And it is disgusting. It is if he's got that pitch going. I was watching it the other day. I don't know how anybody hits it, but um, he hasn't shown very well in his first two um, outings so far. So that's Twins. Um, oh yeah, Santana entered the uh, Twins Hall of Fame as well. Um, oh, and Irvin Santana um, is uh, going to the DL. So yep, yeah, back the old finger. Back. Yeah, what, what a year for the Twins. Yeah, what a year for Irvin Santana after such a huge year last year. Um, let's see, uh, go for football. PJ Fleck, um, has almost, uh, I think he's got 25 roster spots or, um, um, uh, scholarship spots open and he's filled like 23 or 24 of those. Um, and he's still sitting, I believe I haven't checked in a week or two, but I believe he's still in or near the top 25 nationally. That's impressive. I, what's, uh, I know we did this on a podcast a long, long time ago, but what was our, it must've been like the Brewster year. Maybe yep. what was our our highest rated class and how recently was it like where so last year last year was the highest rated class in yeah. for history where they've actually ranked them 
what what I'm saying on their Fleck, but I'm without before Fleck came into town. Like, what was our last like class that was even worth it mentioning? It, it it would have probably been Marquise Gray's year. Yeah, with Brewster. Yeah, with Brewster because Brewster could recruit. Well, where were we at? Is what I'm saying. Do you have any any recollection? I don't feel like we wouldn't have right we wouldn't have been in the top twenty five. No, we definitely weren't in the top twenty five. I feel like it was like in the forties, maybe. Yeah, because last year last year was the highest ranked ever in the history that we yeah. ranked them. So and now we're gonna top that this year if if we stay where we're at, but. The one thing that I don't feel like we got compared to last year, we didn't get a few of those high, high end guys. We got some of them, but like yeah. we pulled in Falil and Dunlap last yeah, year. Yeah, the IMG that, Academy boys. That, that really just upped that our That wide class. receiver from Georgia. Exa- yeah, um, who they are raving about That's Rashad Bateman. They're yeah, just yep. raving about him right now and talking about how he is going to contribute as long as he stays healthy immediately. Um, so that's a uh, go for. Oh, um, one more thing um, to talk about PJ Fleck in a, in a bright light um, again is uh, all of the coaching turmoil going on in the Big Ten right now with Urban Meyer and um, covering up for his assistant coach who had all sorts of problems. Did you, oh my you God, see the White House? Yeah, in the White House. <laughs> that takes a ball sack. Oh, no, no, no shit. No pun intended. Just laying your elephant trunk right out across <laughs> the the towels of the White House. Like, hey, what's up, Trump? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I mean, in a way, like, I kind of got to tip my hat to the guy. The guy, he likes to get down, like. I bet this guy'd be a blast to party with. Oh, for sure. I mean, he might have some Maybe some loose screws, but man, this guy's got to be a blast to party with. Just, <laughs> just a frat boy right now. I love it. I mean, in a way, like I said, I heard this and like you kind of cringe. Like, are you serious? But then you're like. Damn, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe that's why Urban Meyer stuck up for him so much. He's like, but if we get rid of this guy, I mean, what are we going to do on weekends? And stuff? No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I heard some of that. I'm like, how the hell? Like, once all this kind of started coming out, like, in the early stages, like, he must have just been cringing. Like, oh, oh my, God. my gosh. Wait until they my see everything. My ex is going to just destroy <laughs> me. She is going to bury me. Like, I am finished. And there's probably way worse than that. Like, this is something I released. Like, there's got to be some I, stuff where she's like, ah, I'm not going to tell him about I'm this I'm not one. even going to tell I'm him I'm not even going to go there. I was involved in that one. I can't make myself look bad. <laughs> yeah, because you know she was involved in some no of it question. if she's with a guy who's all screwed up in the head like that. Oh, um, and then getting head in the office or the coach's <laughs> office. Like, again, you got to tip your cat to the man. I mean, right. I who doesn't want to get head in their workplace on a day-to-day basis? I mean, it sounds phenomenal. <laughs> Just don't hit people. Don't hit women. God, we're going to get rated X here pretty That's soon right. in this podcast. Um, and then uh, DJ, Durkin yeah, no hitting abu- women, uh, DJ Durkin is hitting his players or his strength coaches abusing players or was something it, like it was that. more mentally, but didn't they uh, Didn't they kind of Corey Stringer that one kid? Didn't they like push yeah. him to the brink yeah. of like, death and like didn't follow proper protocol and just kind of like let him sit so out to I the was, side or whatever? I was, listening to uh mace mace in your face with yep. um barrero and he was talking a little bit about it and he said that the whole strength coach came, thing came in in like the 70s early 80s when he was uh when he was coming up and he pretty much said that it was it was the only coach that could take part in any type of training during the time where they weren't supposed to be in contact with players and that's when all these strength uh, coaches started yep. to get developed and the coaches, the head coaches and other coaches literally could not know anything about what was going on. They couldn't know who was there. They couldn't know what happened. So these strength coaches had full reign to really do whatever they wanted. And this just shows how far some of them went. And you can think like class, we've played sports. 
classic strength coach, right? That's just oh, like yeah. degrading players and thinks that it's just this huge thing and I'm motivating them yep. and, and teaching them to be better Pushing humans. Pushing you past the brinks of where you ever thought you could go kind of thing. Exactly. And, and Mason was even saying, he goes, he had to slow some of his strength coaches down because his players were beat up by the time they got to practice um, when that time of year came because they had been beaten down so bad by the strength coaches. And he had to go and he said talked to one strength coach and got into it and he had to pretty much tell him like no we're either lightening the load on these guys or there's the door yeah what a tragedy i mean that's the thing that comes down to mm-hmm. like a young young man loses his life oh like, it's so so tragic and i and obviously he pushed it yeah exactly you think people learn and obviously push it too far but at the same time like it's got to be tough to be in a coach because there's also the kids that just don't push themselves yep. at all and they're lazy as hell and you got to push them like to you know, go further than what they because otherwise they're going to sit there and oh, I'm nicked up or I have a, I have right. a little hurt. You know, right? And who a little injury or I just don't want to. I don't. I don't want to run today. I don't. I don't do cardio. I'm dizzy. I don't feel well. So like, you know, I kind of. I'm not sticking up for this guy whatsoever. I'm just saying in general, like it's just it's it's tough because you're dealing with, you know, fifty, sixty, seventy, hundred different personalities mm-hmm. out there, and you're trying to motivate each and every one of them. Not every single person is the same, but no, you're you're absolutely right, and it's a fine line because you've never played sports at a serious level if you've never ran sprints enough to where you've been puking exactly so yeah no you're absolutely right and like um uh, mace even said he goes there were guys in my practices that were puking and stuff but normally it was from being hung hung over from the night before and so you just don't you don't always know so it really is that fine line and then something like that happens and everybody starts asking questions and it is sad um and it sounds like this guy did push it over the limit to yeah. where it needed to be pushed, but at the same time, that limit um, that can be a fine line. All right. Um, oh, uh, quickly, one more thing on college football: new redshirt rule. Um, Brandon, we talked a little bit about this uh, pre-show. wasn't even totally aware because it's almost shocking to think that the NCAA would do something like this. But the new redshirt rule, as long as a player plays four games or less, they can be redshirted any time during the season. So if you could play them randomly in the eighth game in the 10th game in the third game and in the 12th game in the bowl game and they're still eligible for a red shirt that's crazy i had to look into this a little bit more like i said because i wasn't really all that aware of it but yep. it's just it's it's so a great can, rule it is a good rule it's a great rule and because the, 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 especially the if you have a couple key it. injuries or something mm-hmm. like that and it's like you just you need a guy that's only gonna you know you don't want to waste an entire season like, like you know you get a red shirt freshman all of a sudden you got to bring them you know off the red shirt list or whatever, like the last three games of the year, just because you don't have somebody to fill that roster spot. But last year, Blaze Andrews is a perfect example yeah. for the Gophers. He was a guy that Fleck, with all the line troubles that he had, wanted, he said, was really wanted to pull his red shirt multiple times throughout the year, but didn't. Yeah. Well, if it would have been this rule, he'd have been able to play. Been able to. And so think he, of the game experience you can get for a guy who doesn't even lose a year of eligibility. Exactly. So, yeah, um, that's uh, that's interesting. I had to look into that a little bit more. So that's a pretty cool rule. A um, little bit of go for basketball. Uh, Matt Stockman. Um, he's gone. He's back. He's yep. gone. He's back. <laughs> he's staying now. <laughs> yep. He's staying. He's a Louisville big man transfer. He's got one year left. He was going to leave. Um, I think that Patino kind of pushed him out, thinking that he was going to get this Geno Crandall yep. from uh, UND, a grad transfer. But when Crandall went to Gonzaga, um, we were kind of stuck with an open spot now. And then Matt Stockman, Stockman was going to University of Cal, right? Yeah, going Berkeley. to Cal. Yep, um, and had some issues. And so, Berkeley's in Oakland, right? The Oakland. Water? I know. I think I. I don't know if he was going to the University of Cal or. 
I don't know. Well, because my cousin's uh, like an athletic director, so something up there. So it'd be interesting if he has any insight. In, insight, that. yeah, on what happened because he was having issues was, completing that transfer. The transfer, the eligibility, or the whatever the process was, and it was like delayed, which is strange. Yeah, um, but he's staying. Maybe they didn't want him either. Maybe what, he's just getting pushed out everywhere. He'll he'll help with big man depth. No, I don't know how much playing time he'll. get. I think that's but, a big big keep for us. I think that that definitely helps. Um, and then um, Marcus Carr is a huge uh, transfer from Pitt. Um, he's got three years left to play right now, and he's supposed to sit a year, but they did put in a waiver because he he transferred because their coach got fired. Yep. Um, and when that happens, uh, sometimes they, they'll grant him sometimes. that waiver or whatever. And who knows with the NCAA and how all the backtracking they're doing right now, they might actually do something. That'd like be that. so clutch. Be huge to help to our back, uh, uh, backcourt depth. Um, let's see. Uh, Lindsey Whalen retired. Um, greatest uh, women's. Sporting icon in Minnesota history. It has to be at this point. I mean, Gophers were irrelevant before she arrived. She brought mm-hmm. them to the Final Four. Mm-hmm. Couple was she only All Final Four ever? Only Final Four ever. They're yeah. pretty much I don't know irrelevant now. Maybe they're really good. I guess I just haven't heard anything or seen anything. But but then yeah, you go to I mean, look at her stats. The where they compare in the WNBA like all time history and everything that she's done for the Lynx as well. Once uh, we brought her back home, yeah. So. That's mm-hmm. cool, and then going and coaching the uh, coaching the Gophers, coaching the Gophers, like yeah, that's that's just a cool. And from Hutchinson, Minnesota, and of course, us Minnesotans, we love our homegrown yes. talent. You're yes, from we Minnesota, we love you, yes, we love we you, we love you. Yes, we do. Um, and I I will definitely hear those who want to put Lindsey Whalen on the all time men's and women's um uh Mount Rushmore of Minnesota sports, but if you start down talking down to somebody who doesn't think she deserves to be on there and start calling them sexist and we're using words like that then i'm not listening to you because i mean let's talk i mean dave winfield joe mauer paul molitor Molitor. i mean it and then you just start talking about the all-time like greats that we've just had you like all of a sudden you know my first thing goes like randy moss yes people like that that played you know or Kirby Puckett and people mm. like that that just you know played their careers here that aren't necessarily from here originally, right. but right, right, all of that. It's just again, it's it's nothing against women's sports or anything, but popularity wise yes. and marketing wise and money wise, yes, men's what they've sports, done for the state of what Minnesota. they've done, yeah, men's sports just they dominate the market. Yep. It's just it is what it is. It is what it is exactly. They bring in the money, the money shows, and exactly. money doesn't have bias. Correct. <laughs> That's a great line. I don't know if you came up with it on your own, I but I just did. Um, oh, and one other. This is just a quick hypothetical before we go to break and start talking fantasy football. Okay. If you were could go back in time and know everything else would remain the same, which obviously it wouldn't, but we'd still have Cat, we'd still have Jimmy, would you take the Andrew Wiggins trade back and keep Kevin Love with this same lineup that the Timberwolves have instead of Andrew Wiggins? Ooh, ooh that's an interesting one. Oh, um, it would be hard to argue with what the Timberwolves need right now to be a really deep Western Conference playoff team is shooting and a f- another big man. And yeah. Kevin Love would literally fix both of those things. Yeah, that's interesting, man. I've never thought of that. Like, because at the time we were complete rebuilding and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, but the thing is, like, Kevin Love really hasn't. It's not like he's still not in his prime. Like he's still in his peak. Like he hasn't really changed in that regard. We're gonna like, see Minnesota Timberwolves Kevin Love this year. We're gonna see thirty thirty man this year because he yeah, because is he's he's a focal point again. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a focal point stuff again. Stuff box scores like nobody's business this year. Yeah, that's and he interesting could shoot because the three even better than he could. The when Wiggins he was here. trade really hasn't helped a rebuild or done anything in that regard. Obviously, Anthony Bennett is 
God knows. Yeah, I don't know. He's probably who knows pump, where pumping Wig- gas somewhere. Yeah, who knows where Wiggins would be if we didn't have Cat? Because our whole rebuild still would have been built around him. He still would have been scoring thirty points a game like he did his rookie year. Who knows where he would be? But since we got Cat, he's taken that back seat. And then you had Jimmy. And he just falls away, and you sometimes well, don't even notice him. Let's do this. Let's just simplify it. Let's make it real easy. Right now, would you trade Wiggins for Kevin Love straight up? Yes. <laughs> I think I probably would, too, at, th- at this point. I definitely would. Because right now, you've got Jimmy Butler, who's obviously a better version of whatever yeah. Wiggins can do. Mm-hmm. So, And it doesn't help to have two players with the same skill set because they can't play off one another. Jimmy Butler, if Wiggins made it to his max possibility he would be jimmy butler and that's it's still exactly max possibility and he still might be kind of a i think a he'd poor be man's a poor man's jimmy butler because he doesn't have the mindset jimmy butler yes. wants to win he's aggressive he's angry he's out there like he's determined and i've said it a million times wiggins just he's gonna go do his job and then he's gonna go home and play Fortnite. yep and then and before let's end this with going on to push that point that as the state of Minnesota and fans and Wiggins sees your stuff on social media. So does Cat. We need to put more pressure on Cat and on Andrew to be better and more professional and less trying to run Tibbs and Butler out of town. Yeah, it's. Uh, I wonder if it's because of you know they're coming coming up. Uh, can't, can't even I think speak. it's a sensitivity thing. I think. Well, that, it's definitely a sensitivity. It's kind of a millennial. It's kind yes. of a generation thing. But at the same time, like. I feel like they had like the three like little amigos with them and Levine, like including. I think they kind of figured that this is always going to be our team. Like we're the leaders. There's nobody that's going to come in, and all of a sudden, like Butler comes in and Tibbs comes in, and all right. of a sudden, it's like, oh, our perfect little world is shattered, and we have to listen to people again. Yep. And there's things like that. So, telling us we're not the best thing since sliced bread. Now. Yep. Yeah. No. And and then and then you have. You have the millennial social media, which sees Jimmy throwing shade, so to yep. speak, at Wiggins, at Cat, and Twitter gets all sensitive and wants to come to the side of Cat and Wiggins and start calling Butler a bully. I know it's like a bully. No, like he, it's just like tough love. It's like yes. a big brother, like kind of picking on the little brother. Like you need to toughen up. Like you have to step up. Like you have, you have to, to be, be a man. You're a boy right now. You got to become a man. Like exactly. It's time for you to you know take take the ropes and take the next step. Like. Yeah, you. Yeah, and he's telling he's the way I see it is that if you're telling me that Jimmy Butler didn't sit these guys down multiple times last year and have conversations about how they need to be more professional, they need to work harder, they need to you know better their craft, they need to do everything that he wants them to do, everything that he's coming out and now saying in social media and in the media. You, I feel like he's. They probably kept it behind closed doors the whole time, and it didn't work. It didn't do anything. That's so like, my point. Fuck it, I'm done. Like yep. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna throw it out there. Like yes. everybody, I've tried. Like what else can he's I hit do? Hitting the panic thing? button. Yep. Panic. Exactly. Panic. Panic. Like I am going to leave if you guys don't figure this out, and I don't know what else to do. So I'm putting it in the media. I'm does putting it scare it in the you social that, media. that it might be the situation where Cat and Wiggins are like, God, I hope he does leave so we can go yes. back to normal, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, let's go back to a perennial loser again. Yep. We'll be, we, we, and we would be worse than a perennial loser because being a perennial loser is what got us Wiggins, what got us Cat, and yep. what got us into this conversation. With those two guys and without Jimmy Butler, we'd be worse. We'd be stuck in mediocrity where we'd sit and we're in the back end of yeah, the lottery. Yeah, like 12, 13, right. 14 pick overall. Where we were with Kevin Garnett for years and yep. years and years in a worse Western Conference where we were still making 
eight, seven, six, and five yeah. seeds. Now we won't even make the playoffs, but we we'll be stuck in the back end of the lottery and we'll wait out for three years while these guys play pretty well and then they want to get traded or leave on to a championship team in three years. God, it's just, it's, just, it's so unbelievably frustrating, especially even like with Cat not signing his like extension yet, which there isn't a huge, huge rush on it, but it's just kind of weird because, again, you kind of feel like he's... I don't want to say playing like a prima donna role, but it's like he almost, it's like he's like holding on. It's like, oh, I don't want to, you know, yeah. I don't want to face this adversity with Jimmy and all that. But right. it's just frustrating because it's like, why can't they just have the mindset of like, uh, and obviously Colby's a once a generation right. player and stuff, but like, but have that mindset that one, even like a Russell Westbrook where you just kind of have that bulldog like mentality where it's like, I'm going to win. Like, it's just the way it's going to be. Like, I feel like winning and losing doesn't matter to them. Again, it's like they're punching a time clock. They go in right. there, they do their job, then they want to go home and do whatever it is that they do. Right. Yes. No. You're, you are. You are absolutely correct. And and to kind of like expect that everything is just going to come to you. Like yeah. you can go home every night and you can it's play like a, Fortnite and you can like it's like a form of entitlement. Almost. Yes. Like they already feel like they've arrived. Like they're, yep. they're already there. They're good. Like all, yep. all is well and everything else is just kind of play itself out and whatever happens happens. Right. And, and the Minnesota, the Minnesota fans just don't like, they think that we're going to trade Butler and then we're just going to be able to go and get somebody else. That's just as good as him. And they there, just there don't understand the salary cap. There. They don't understand how any of that works. And no. it's just frustrating. Yeah, exactly. And there's not a lot of Butler's like, Right now, you could probably say that Jimmy Butler is the second best player the Timberwolves have ever had in their yeah. entire franchise on their team behind yeah. Kevin Garnett. You would have, I. You have to. I mean, who else is there? <sighs> I know nobody. Cat maybe. May, it it would it would either be Cat or, or it would Kevin be Love, a Kevin or, Love Marbury, but Marbury didn't Marbury stay was, long enough for it to he matter. He wasn't a big enough impact in the it, two years he was here. Yeah, it was. It he really is because you can't say that Cat is that guy yet. No. Um, and the thing that bothers me the most about Cat too is at least Wiggins doesn't talk the talk and then not walk the walk. Cat talks it. He tries to talk it and say I do this and I do that. But you notice how I like bring us to the playoffs right, for the first time. Now that Jimmy's here and Jimmy's doing all this talking, Cat is nowhere to be found yep. when it comes to those types of things because he knows that people would call him out because God, of, of just, all of this. Why can't those two just have an alpha dog mentality and just have that alpha male like in them? And they just, neither of them do. They just kind of both, again, it's it's like they're just entitled. Like everybody's told them they're great the entire their entire lives and they've just, they believe it now. They right. just, yeah, we are, you're right. We are right. great. We're, we're fantastic. It's you guys are the problem. Right. Um, but to end it on a little bit of a more positive note on the Timberwolves, let's remember that there are really great teams. You can point at Kobe and Shaq's Lakers specifically that have been really good with serious internal conflicts and problems. Um, This can all be fixed with winning. If they start to win in the beginning of the year, all of this can be fixed, and it can turn into a big brother, little brother. It was all a spat. We were just waiting for people to get better, and everything can be fine. But if they start to lose right away, it's going to be Could get real ugly. Tibbs yep. will be gone, Butler will be gone, and we'll be right where we don't want to be. So, But the Vikings are going to win the Super Bowl, Good so at point. that point in time, it doesn't matter. Everything else is forgiven. Great point. And we are going to uh, start to talk some fantasy football here. Ha-ha, some shit that really matters again here. Yes. So we're going we're gonna to come back. We're going to talk some fantasy football to end this off. We've already gone an hour. We're just having so much fun being back. It's late. It's 930. Why not come back and talk a little bit of fantasy football before we call it a night? Let's do it. All right. We'll be back, fam.
Triple A Credits are right Hang up the phone And let your heart break On the interlake Alright, Minnesota sports fam We're back Talking a little bit of fantasy football here now To end off the show um, We're not going to spend Boom! We're not going to spend too much time on it um, We're going to talk some draft strategy um, next week, we'll dig deeper as people are really getting into draft season. Um, we'll dig Speaking of drafts, when are your drafts? We do our drafts. We do our draft on um, on uh, Labor Day on okay. Monday, yep. um, pretty much the last moment available, um, just because it's a long weekend. We've got people coming from all over the place. Um, That's going to be a long weekend in my my eyes too. I'll be uh, I'll be I soaking bet. up the sun at some pool parties yeah. and after night parties in Las Sounds Vegas that weekend. <laughs> so I don't even know. If I told him if I was going to Vegas. Sounds like a classic Brandon Strzok. Yeah, weekend. you know I like to. I always like to end the summer off with an absolutely ridiculous, out of this world. <laughs> unbelievable trip to las vegas where i just right. uh drink myself and party myself into a stupid stupor i right. guess if that's right. even a word i don't even know how that works yeah. but just go all out and then from that point forward i just hibernate the rest of the year all fall and winter yeah. i don't want to drink i don't want to party i don't want to go to a bar i don't want nothing because it's all football football is the only thing that matters fantasy football i'm actually on a day-to-day basis i consider quitting my job to focus on fantasy football well it would be a smart move it would be a fantastic move i just i don't know if they're gonna yeah they if i really could get paid pay, for yeah. it that's the problem someday. that's the problem someday we'll be there. someday we'll get there. Be nice. we'll get there we'll get there um, but yeah, so uh, we're going to just talk a little bit of fantasy football uh, before we wrap things up. And we want to focus on strategy as you are prepping for your fantasy football drafts. Um, Sorry, I'm a little distracted right now. I'm thinking of thongs and bikinis and <laughs> pool parties and gambling. And... All right, we got to we got to start talking fantasy football before Brandon gets too sidetracked and we can't bring him back. It's over. Um, but uh, the biggest thing that you want to look at um, Did I mention thongs and booties? <laughs> this year, this year, and it has been for the last couple of years, um, ever since the running back positions diminished so much in the NFL, but still stays the most relevant position probably for your uh, for your fantasy football team as far as if you can get somebody, they're always those consistent points. Uh, wide receivers will have the best wide receiver. Wide receivers will have weeks where they lay you a dud. If you have a top running back, you really shouldn't have any weeks that that really lay duds because they're going to get carries. They're gonna they just get, get their the, yards. They, they get opportunities. Yep. They get opportunities that nobody else does. Exactly. The good running backs get twenty to thirty opportunities, whereas a good and wide you receiver get five might goal get line carries a game and yep. things like that. So yeah, it's it makes a big difference. Yep. So biggest thing is stick to running backs early in the draft. You're going to get um, lured away by the high-end wide receivers, the Antonio Browns, which nobody's going to blame you too much if you pick him. He's but, the only guy that you can really make an argument for because of consistency that in the top, you know, six, right. seven picks, right? you know, you kind of once, uh, you know, even once, say, like Barkley's off the board, then maybe you do look, right. you know, Antonio Brown at that point right, in time. But, right, 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 right. Um, but even you look at like a Michael Thomas, Mike Evans, um, AJ Green, Devonte Adams is a, is a second-ish round. Um, yeah, he's a late second-round kind of guy, which is just scares the shit out of me compared to drafting Delvin Cook in the second round. As long as he stays healthy, yeah. But I don't. I've got in my board. I've got uh, Delvin a lot, lot higher than I see Devonte Adams. I see Devonte Adams being like the nineteen twenty overall pick, where he's going to be more in. The threshold, or like where I look at, like a Jordan Howard, Joe Mixon, maybe Christian McCaffrey, Devonta Freeman, kind of thing. Right, right, and it depends. I mean, I did, I did a simulated mock where they've got Delvin going 
Well, I guess never mind because it's a it's a snake. So yeah, he does go right before Devonte Freeman and Devonte Adams. But Devonte Adams goes here two picks after him. Um, but my point is, if you can snag, if you can snag two of these running backs, and we're talking. Gurley, Kamara, Bell, all the way to Christian McCaffrey, Jordan Howard, LaShawn McCoy, all the way out to, you know, Leonard Fournette's of the world. Once you get past the Jordan Howards, the Joe Mixons, then you're starting to kind then of get into the yeah, iffy. Then you're getting into, like, the Jarek McKinnons, where right. he, I don't know if he can stay healthy, LaShawn McCoy, who knows what's going to happen there. Right. Then you're looking like Alex Collins, Derek Henry, Jay Ajayi, Kenyon Drake, It just Lamar drops Miller, off like, like a Significantly, like... You're walking off the Grand you, Canyon. You don't know where you're going from there, no. so it's like, you literally, that's why the, your first round pick is, in second round for that matter, if yes. you can, but, like, you pretty much have... I'm going to say 13, 14, maybe running backs that you mm-hmm. can really trust. And that's yep. counting. That's including Joel Mixon, where he wasn't very good last year. Right. Exactly. I mean, I think he's going to have a much better year this year. But like last year, as far as like yards per carry, yards per contact, making people miss. And he did not grade out that well in his opportunities. I mean, Gio Bernard actually outplayed him yes. in every every one of those regards. And he's still on the team. Yep. Well, and you can you can just look. I mean, just looking at this draft board gives it away. I mean. Once you get into the set third round of the draft for running backs, you have Joe Mixon, Kenyon Drake, Jarek McKinnon. But for wide receivers, if you can snag those early running backs and you're coming around looking for your first wide receiver in the third round, you're looking at Tyreek Hill, T.Y. Hilton, Stefan Diggs, Amari Cooper, Josh Gordon, Larry Allen Fitzgerald. Robinson. Nobody wants to talk about him, but he's boring, but yeah. the guy just keeps producing. Brandon Cooks. like You're looking at top-end wide receivers Still in the third and fourth round, whereas even the Josh backs, Gordon's even Alex dropping Collins, right now. Exactly. Lamar Miller, like you said, Jay Ajayi. Um, so get your running backs early and often. If you can get two running backs that, like, let's say you go Ezekiel Elliott with, let's say you're the third, fourth pick in the draft, you take Ezekiel Elliott, you can come back around and get a Christian McCaffrey, LaShawn McCoy, Jordan Howard, maybe a Devontae Freeman. And you, <laughs> I think it really comes down to the fact that you go running back until that top tier of running backs yes, is gone. Until exactly once the Jordan Howard, Joe Mixon, those guys are off the board. Yep. Then you kind of start looking. Even then, I mean, say there's, uh, you know, say there's Mixon, but you still have Michael Thomas or mm-hmm. Keenan Allen, right? Or you know, I doubt Julio would be there. I mean, yeah. in that situation, if you had a Julio, Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen, you might go that right. guy over Joe Mixon because you know what you're getting. Yep. 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 So, I mean, but Joe Mixon again is kind of blurring that. He's kind of blurring that line. That's kind of where that line gets blurry. It's like okay, at that point, but at at the same time, like if you've got Devontae Freeman, and if you're playing PPR, Christian McCaffrey's in there. If it's a straight up league, I don't include Christian Christian McCaffrey in that tier. I I put him below Joe Mixon at that point. Right. Well, and if you're and for for our strategy, the way that these drafts are now lining up is just the best way to go because. While you're filling up in the third, fourth, and fifth rounds on your wide receivers and maybe a top-end tight end, yep. other people are wasting picks on quarterbacks, which is a good thing. You want them to eat up quarterbacks oh, in the fourth, thing fifth, in the world. sixth round. Whenever I see anybody in my leagues, my leagues have gotten pretty good about that, so right. I don't see it very often anymore. I feel like when you do like mock drafts, you see it a lot more. Yeah, it's yeah. like It actually makes me act like, ah, son of a bitch. Like, you, know, you almost don't want to see those quarterbacks go because you want to get a, a realistic right. view of what you're going to be seeing. but. But yeah, every time anybody takes a quarterback in the first five or six rounds, I'm like, yes, thank yep. you. Like, yeah, is Aaron Rodgers going to lose your league for you? No, he's not. But look at look at the you know the alternative you have. All of a sudden, you got Aaron Rodgers, and then next thing you know, you're 
second running back is going to be, uh, I don't know, uh, Rashad Penny, Deion right. Lewis. And right. again, you're looking like, hmm, now what? Yes. And remember that you have to start two running backs, right? You have so to. That is, that is an important thing to remember because if every single week your second guy is, like you said, Tevin Coleman, Deion, Deion Lewis, Ty Montgomery, Mark Ingram. Like, you're looking at a guy that you might get lucky mm-hmm. and he, you know, maybe he's got some catches or maybe does something that, you know, does, you know, but we'll just say he, he puts up 10, 12 points. You're pretty happy about that. But there's just as easy of a possibility and probably a more realistic possibility that they put up one or two points and all of a sudden you're fucked. You, you get a goose egg from you know, your RB2 position and, and then you need somebody else to have a monster week to make up for it. And it's just and what, what I would highly recommend is when you're in the 5th, 6th, 7th round when guys are starting to go tight ends, guys are starting to go quarterbacks, you should already have your two starting wide receivers. Go and grab your third running back. Because you, I mean, to have your third running back be a Mark Ingram, be a Ty Montgomery, be a Deion. I'm pretty Lewis, high on Mark Ingram this year because it's like you're one injury you away it, even from he's having gonna a drop, stud. He's going to drop so far down the boards because he's got mm-hmm. a four week suspension. But if you look each and every year, four games in the mm-hmm. grand scheme isn't that much. Like right. nobody cares about nobody even because in those first four weeks too, there aren't any bye weeks, so it's not like you're shuffling your lineup around. Like you can afford to stash him and put him down on your bench. Because you don't have to make any adjustments because there aren't bye weeks yet. And then once week five hits, he comes back. And you, then you've got a low-end RB1, high-end RB2 that's just sitting there that you got for, you feel like, free. Yes. And another another great example, if you can pick up Derrick Henry as your third running back. I mean, that's a guy who could be, by the end of the year, in the upper yeah. echelon. If you get him as a third running back, you're pretty good. You're feeling pretty good. If he's your RB2, you're not feeling very good about that. Right. And if he is your... he could be a massive bust, y- too. Yes. And if he is your RB3, then you're sitting there crossing your fingers going... I could have three, three top ten running, running backs, backs yep. and now you you need another wide receiver. Oh my gosh, people will overpay you, you with wide receivers, wide receivers for Derek. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. If it'll, he blows up, it'll take two elite wide receivers to get one elite running back. Right, or it looks even better if Derrick Henry is up there dominating for you. Now you can really go pull off a blockbuster and trade a guy like Zeke Elliott because they get Henry. everything and anything exactly. In so. Running backs early and often. Let the quarterbacks go because you have two spots where you can go and get a quarterback. You can go and get them at the end of that first run where you can snag an Andrew Luck, a Jimmy Garoppolo, a Matt Ryan, or... I would even recommend waiting longer. You can get into the 10th, 11th, 12th round and still pick up Ben Roethlisberger, Jared Goff, Philip Rivers. Rivers That's a guy that have a massive year. He has a massive year every year. Nobody gives him any love. Like, dude, if. If I'm rolling the season with Philip Rivers and my starting quarterback that I got in the 10th or 11th round, I'm fucking thrilled. I'm like, right. Jesus Christ. It's like, again, it's like you got something for free. Yep. Which means you can go and swing and miss in some of those, like, Aaron Jones running backs yes. or Chris Carson's or Carlos Hyde kind of guys right. in, like, the 7th, 8th, ninth round where it's like a lot of those guys, I mean, they got the potential to put up RB1, RB2 numbers, you know, throughout or consistently. Otherwise, yeah, again, it's just there's so much value at quarterback and there's just there's no reason to go get a Deshaun Watson, Tom Brady, right. Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson that early. And if same with tight end too, that's another thing I I'd loop in. Unless I'm I'm okay with you jumping out and getting Rob Gronkowski. Yep, Gronk. I, I yep. can I You're cannot right. speak today, bro. You're right. You're right. I'm struggling. We're, we're, we're making it through. <laughs> but at the very end of the second round, into the third round, if Gronk's still sitting there, I say swoop him up because. That's the one guy that gives you a competitive advantage over the entire mm-hmm. field. Like he mm-hmm. is his own tier, and then yes. there's everyone else. And yes. next, you kind of got Kelsey. And I'm not as big on Ertz this year as everyone has been in the past either, because it's like 
I don't know if that he sustains what he had last. He had a lot of targets last year. Oh, for sure. And then Jimmy Graham is a huge. I mean, he could be one of those guys where, you know, he, I think he ends gonna, up being Rob Gronkowski. With, yeah, but he's um, not going to have the yardage. I feel like he's going to be a guy that's going to have two touchdowns and. 27 yards one week, and then next week you might not have much. That's the thing. He could be huge, and he could be could not. Be nothing, but you know and what you're getting on a Gronk. Exactly. He's going to get hurt. He's going to miss some games, but when he plays, he's going to be yes. the unquestioned number one tight end, and you can't. there's nobody else in the league that can match that. You just, every week, you basically get a free 12 points on the, on the opponent. Exactly. And then going, going back to quarterback, if you do wait until the 11th the 12th round to grab a Ben Roethlisberger, Jared Goff, you can come. You can come back around in the thirteenth and fourteenth. Give yourself a little bit of high end insurance and go grab a Marcus Mariota too. Yep. You know, and if Marcus Mariota hits that year where he just blows up and he's running for a touchdown every game, throwing for two, now you've got a high end quarterback that you got in the thirteenth round. You know, another guy I'm actually looking at that I think could have a bounce back here would be Eli Manning with Odell yes. back and with Shermer's offense yep. and Barkley there and like all of that pressure taking off like feel like he's a candidate to have another 4,000. And he's a guy who you can get in free agency. Exactly. Sure. That's you what, know, that's... I mean, that just shows that every single quarterback, if you play them on the right week, are going to throw. If there is one position that you have to play by matchup, I'd almost want it to be quarterback. Absolutely. No question. If you have to go week by week and either there, grab a guy off and you the know waiver it is, wire there's or always, whatever. There's always a... There's always a legitimate starter on the waiver wire yes. that you can play. Like you're never worried about your bye week going into the quarterback. You just don't know who you got to drop to go get put that guy in your roster for one week. Exactly. But and there's always a flyer out there that's worth playing. Absolutely. And and so, in other words, get running backs early and often. Snag your top two or three wide receivers in the two or three rounds afterwards, and don't be afraid to grab your third running back right afterwards. Absolutely. Because it, it's just running backs with there are so many receivers that can end up being good but there aren't that many running backs and if you can load up on running backs and have god forbid too many running backs that is the best problem to have in today's fantasy football yeah and i wouldn't even say it's the best i mean that's just that's the best case scenario you could ever have you have too many running backs that's phenomenal because again their their weight is measured in gold it's you one elite running back or one stud starting running back is worth two stud wide receivers yes Yes, absolutely. And please, 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 please do not pick your defense and your kicker until the last two rounds. (laughs) Exactly. Please don't. Every single year you have somebody who jumps up and grabs like the Vikings defense in the 11th round. Or Jacksonville this year, be like 10th or 11th round. No. I mean, I'm happy when I'm playing a league where they do that. But in my head, I'm going, I want to say that I play for a legit fantasy football (laughs) league and you're drafting a a defense in the 11th round. You just threw that to shit. Yeah, because... You it might you might get into week three and no matter how good you thought your defense was you might be getting rid of them for somebody else just yep. based on matchup. Yep. Because you know Miami's defense if they're playing the worst team in the NFL is still going to be better than the Vikings defense against I don't know name your really good team the Packers. Packers I say, right like I you know you. Oftentimes you're better off playing matchups on defense than you are and same thing with kicker. You know, you kicker doesn't. I mean, it's just you. You look for a kicker that's from you know that's on a high octane kind of offense. Yes, offense that's going to score do, the most. Exactly. At the same time, you can have a Bears kicker that can't get in the end zone, and they have five, six, seven field goal attempts a game because they can't move the ball. Exactly, exactly. So running backs early and often. Get your wide receivers after that. 
Running backs again. Wide receivers are deep, man. Wide receiver, like that that tier is just it's so deep. When you In can... other words, be focused on who your running backs are and then know what wide receivers you want and which ones you don't. That's the biggest thing on wide receivers is that you go through the middle rounds and you're hit with so many options. Which wide receiver do I want out of these two or three? If you can go into it knowing I like this wide receiver around this area more than these guys and these guys, then you can fly right through that draft and feel so good when you're done with it as long as you get good running backs and know which wide receivers you want and which ones you don't. And it comes down to this. We talked about this the last time we did a podcast seven and a half years ago, whatever that was. Yep. It was a long time ago. Yep. But the key to everything, mock drafts, yes. mock drafts, yes. mock drafts. You yes. need to see tendencies. You need to see yes. where people are falling. You need to see how other people are drafting. Because that's the only way, and you that can do you them can, anywhere. You can do; they're all they're over on the place. your phones. You can get paid apps if you want a if if you want a great free app that also offers a good paid option. FantasyFootballCalculator.com yep. is the place to go. It's old school looking, but it just works so, it's so smooth, clean and clear. Because you have the color coded the colors. Thing. Yep, it's it's the another best thing one. I highly suggest too is do mock drafts out of whatever draft platform that you're drafting from. Yes. So if you're in a Yahoo league, because otherwise you get to the draft and all of a sudden you get frazzled because yep. everybody's got different ratings and stuff like that too. So the ADPs are different. And you need to know that format and that layout. So that's yes. another key key thing I yes. suggest. And even I mean, if you're one of those people, believe me, I am busy, 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 busy. Right. If you don't have time to go to them and do the mock drafts and now you're coming up and it's like the day before and you're like, oh, shit, I, I haven't done it yet and I, I there's no point in doing it now, just do one. Yeah. Do one mock draft. And then do study two. it and then yes. just kind of see, like print it off or like save it on your phone or whatever the because, app might be because then you can, again, you can kind of see where these guys are being tiered and layered and you can kind of – you can get an outline or get an idea of where you need to kind of reach for these guys. And it's okay to reach if you're, there's a guy that's being drafted six, seven, eight slots later than what you kind of have, but you're right. up. It's, it's okay to reach if yep. you like that guy. Yes, exactly. And and it, it puts – because you don't know what questions you're going to have in which spots until you actually do it. Like I did that mock draft uh, last week um, when we were going to – we were trying to do a podcast later on that day. And I did I did a mock draft, and I had – 10 questions for you when I got done just because I knew that you had done some other ones just because it came up to the seventh, the sixth, the eighth round and I'm coming with these options and I go, Ooh, if I'm hit with this, which guy do I want? And if you know where you're drafting in your draft, then it's even more important to do mock drafts because if you know I'm in the fourth spot, then go do five mock drafts in the fourth spot and you will be better set than if you did two weeks of research just reading magazines or reading fantasy well, football you, articles. You, you draft in the third or fourth slot or draft in the ninth or tenth spot, like it changes yes. it, it changes everything. everything. Your, your entire strategy is completely different. And there will be some guys that if you draft in the ninth spot, you won't even have to worry about what some guys are going to do because you know that they're either not going to be available. Yeah, you already know gonna... you're not going to get those top five running backs that are sitting there. Exactly. So it's, you have a whole different strategy going in. Exactly. So... Um, that's just our uh, quick hitter there on fantasy football. We're going to end it here. We're getting close to 10 o'clock Monday, tomorrow, Steven Gonzalez on the bump, um, for the first time for the twins. I'm guessing I haven't done the daily yet, but I believe it's six or seven that they play tomorrow night. Make sure you catch that. Uh, Vikings Friday week three preseason against Seattle. Make sure you catch that because that's when the, uh, yeah, well, the starters, starters are going to get all the their runs. Um, so make sure you watch that because you won't see the starters again, most of them, until week one after um, after Friday. And uh, keep a lookout for a couple things, like we talked about a little bit. Cat, 
sometime this summer we'll probably sign a contract and it'll be one of those deals where you wake up randomly or some news releases at 4 p.m. random Wednesday or something that Cat signed his contract. So pay attention uh, for little things like that too as we go on uh, through the uh, end of the summer. And, you know, we're going to be podcasting. Hopefully we're going to try podcasting just about every weekend going forward. It's football season, man. Sports matter again. As long as Sports you quit talking matter. about that stupid ass European kickball soccer, you're, you're the one that keeps bringing it up. I'm still mad. Why, why do you still keep wanting to talk about soccer? Because it's all you, you want to talk it up about three now. or four times. I already. thought we were talking about sports. All right, you're finally getting it. <laughs> finally. <laughs> all right, fam. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Oh yeah, follow us on social media too at Real MN Sports Fan. All of them: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Real MN Sports Fan. See you later. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.